Hello, Disruptors, and welcome back to the 79th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Ben and Leon, and of course, we have the lovely Ashley Dunning with us as well. Hi, everybody. Alrighty, guys, so we have another amazing episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about uh, the, well, the continuation of like the BLM movement. We're going to be continuing uh, talking about how the uh, cities across the country, now that uh, Minneapolis has uh, vowed to disband their police department, um, there's been like a rippling effect across the country and we're gonna start looking into that. We have a couple of video, well, one video and one article to talk about. Uh, so let's just go ahead and dive right in. So the video that we have for you is the, um, the president of the Minneapolis City Council. Um, of course, the body that uh, decided to defund their police department in Minneapolis. So, of course, where George Floyd, uh, George Floyd died. So I think this is really critical. And I think it's really important for us to hear uh, from the horse's mouth, like what, like why they decided to do this, you know, from a politician's mouth. So let's go ahead and tune in. You know, I think in Minneapolis, watching George Floyd's death, um, and the, four, the actions of the four police officers that were involved has been a huge wake-up call for so many in Minneapolis to see what many already knew, which is that our police department is not keeping every member of our community safe. And so I think step one for us is to tell the truth. Nine council members from communities all across the city of all different backgrounds standing together to tell the truth and say, this system isn't working for too many of our neighbors for too long. Our reform efforts have failed and we have done many, many attempts at reform and new leadership in the department and many things. Uh, and we still see um, this tragic death. And so I think the wake up of our community is what's driving the city council's announcement yesterday. And now the hard work begins for us to rebuild systems that really work to keep all of our community safe. Yeah, and you know, a lot of us were asked if we could imagine a future without police back in 2017 when we were running for office. And I answered yes to that question. To me, that, that future is a long way away and it would take an enormous amount of investment in things that we know work to keep people safe. I mean, for a lot of folks in our community, stable housing is a safety issue. Having access to healthcare is a safety issue. And so having, you know, I think one thing folks are asking is, to stop investing so much money in this militarized police force and instead invest in the things our community really needs. So, you know, I know the statement was bold and I, I stand by that bold statement, but the work ahead of us will be long. It will include every member of our community. It has to. And, you know, I think we have very immediate things. We have a state action against our police department, which gives us legal mechanisms in the very short term. You know, there are lessons from all over the country, all over the world that we're looking to, um, to take immediate steps while we work toward building the systems that we would need to imagine that, that future. For those of us for whom the system is working, I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. And so in the very immediate, we have to lean into whatever changes we can make in our existing police department. You know, I think you look to cities like Camden, New Jersey, that completely restructured their departments as we build up systems. And we've already done that. We, have, we are not starting from scratch. We have invested in community-based safety strategies. We have knowledge in our community across the city 
We've done an analysis of all the reasons people call 911 and have looked at ways we can shift the response away from armed police officers into a more appropriate response for mental health calls, um, for some domestic violence calls, for um, health-related issues. And so the groundwork is laid already in Minneapolis for us to, to build on that, to learn from folks around the world, but really also to listen to our community and put those community voices front and center as we build up those systems even further. You know, that's why I said at the beginning that it starts with telling the truth. And I think we've been afraid of a lot of things, of that, those political dynamics, of what would happen in our city, you know, to have our police force hearing these kinds of words. And that fear is what we have to really work through. Because again, that's the fear that so many in our community are facing. That's the fear that we see, you know, from George Floyd's family or the family of Jamar Clark or Justine Damon, who were also killed by Minneapolis police, who have told us, we never want to see this happen again. And so those efforts that we have taken so far to stop this, to make sure no one is killed in this way, have not worked. So our statement is to try something new. Okay. So, um, a very profound uh, a little he was she was answering of course a bunch of questions there uh, in that video that we that we just watched uh, and heard for those of you that are listening uh, but there were a few things that I thought she hit on that I thought were really important one she kind of reiterated again uh, kind of at the end there uh, mentioning how the truth uh, is very important to uh, to have the truth be said and to for them not only to acknowledge it but actually repeat it uh, act on it uh, apologize for it and everything else that goes along with that, you know. Uh, I thought it was also interesting that she uh, mentioned that <clears throat> in the very beginning how nine out of the 12 council members voted uh, for this. So it was unanimous. There was a little uh, resistance from some of the council members in Minneapolis, but uh, overall, of course, they had a veto-proof majority um, in this ruling. So uh, this will happen, although it's not going to happen from what I've read immediately. You know, it's going to take some time to reach a level where there isn't uh, an active police force as we know it, you know. Uh, she also talked about <clears throat> how <coughs> they in Minneapolis, the politicians and the council members themselves, including herself, of course, will actually listened to the will of their constituents, which is something that uh, they should definitely learn uh, or the federal government should learn from because like I think it's like in the single digits of like what the mass people like the masses want or the what the people want is actually what gets done, uh, as opposed to like the what the oligarchy wants or the oligarchs want. Uh, when they want something, they get it. So uh, I think I thought it was pretty interesting, and I think it was really valuable to hear from the horse's mouth, like I mentioned earlier on, from uh, Lisa Bender, the president of the council member, but uh, of the council there. So yeah, yeah. Uh, any comments from that? Well, I like what you said at the end there, um, that we've tried other things in the past and nothing's worked. And I think that a lot of people think that this is such a, um, a radical idea um, and that this is something that people are just kind of pulling out of the hat and these are um, radical liberals <laughs> that want this happening. But really, it's not like nothing has been tried in the past, you know? We've, we've had bills go forth that have tried to reduce police excessive use of force. We've had these things banned, like the chokehold that they used. 
You know, it's not stopping them from doing things and it's not stopping. And in all honesty, it's not stop. We need to stop flowing money into these people so that they become more militarized. We're giving them the money to do that. Um, and it, like she said, it's clearly not working. <laughs> and you know, what's really interesting. I'm glad that you brought up the military, the militarization of the, the, the police, but because that's something that's happened very recently, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. That happened with what, like 2014, 2016, something along those lines. And that was because there was a surplus in the military. And who is the president in 2014? President ding, 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 ding. Obama. <laughs> right? So like, it's very interesting uh, to note that um, because like, now that the police, that whole um, topic is arising, and so is the militarization of the police. Uh, this was an like, issue that was being talked about a lot, uh, like six years ago or so. Um, and yeah. it was President, Democratic President Barack Obama who was militarizing the police. Making up I mean, I, I think that out. it's definitely arguable that the mill, that there has, that's been since I would say even the nineties. I mean, they've been trying to, they've been flooding police departments with more money to get more high tech equipment. Now you have more police, police departments than ever that have SWAT teams and special units just for things like drug rate or um, drug raids, um, firearms, things like that. And they're very specialized forces and they all have these specialized military equipment. Um, I think maybe like the specialized units is probably more like new, but um, I don't know. I just, the way that they handle situations seem to, they seem to escalate them rather than de-escalate them. And that seems to be a common issue. Very common, unfortunately. Uh, it leads to the death of many. Uh, and uh, the people of color's community, uh, as we have seen time and time again. Um, but I think this is a great time to kind of move on to the next resource that we have here, which is, of course, the um, article that we have from the New York Times talking about the same issue, uh, once again. And uh, that is, after the protest, politicians um, at large reconsider police budgets and discipline. So there's been federal talk about this. There's been local talk. Uh, ever since uh, the city of Minneapolis also kind of did that. Um, I believe this is also in Minneapolis. Oh, this is in Washington, my Washington. Bad. Yeah, this is- They in... also have a giant one that says Black Lives Matter too. That's so cool, I saw that, that, that one's really cool. Um, but yeah, so this is from earlier today. Um, and something that we wanted to bring up as well um, was this paragraph in particular. In Minneapolis, in an abrupt change of course, the mayor of New York vowed to cut the budget of the nation's largest police force. In Los Angeles, the mayor called for redirecting millions of dollars from policing after protesters gathered outside his home. And in Minneapolis, city council members pledged to dismantle their police force and completely reinvent how public safety is handled. So in that one little like paragraph, they have a ton of information, but uh, the point is of that paragraph is basically that all these cities across the nation, they're all reconsidering their police departments. They're all looking at all the kind of options. Not all of them has gone as far as Minneapolis uh, has gone in actually completely dismantling their police force. Um, but a lot of them have at least addressed- Started defunding. Exactly, yeah. Uh, they started defunding theirs um, into the tune of hundreds of millions in the case of Los Angeles, mm -hmm. I'm assuming New York uh, 
with their budget size. Um, and where was the other one that you wanted me to bring up? Um, up, up a paragraph. This one? Nope, it starts with Democrats in Congress. Yeah. I think this is really awesome. Um, <laughs> well, sort of, because as I mentioned before, this is not the first time that we've seen a bill across the Senate or House floor for police excessive use of force. Mm -hmm. But um, this is, I think, the quickest that we've seen it uh, after something like this has happened. Literally. So that's positive. Yes. Also, I like that they say take? that it. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. I was gonna say, like, what did it take? You know, like, what did it take for us to get this kind of reaction, mm -hmm. this type of change from our politicians and stuff in our government? It took well, and millions of us coming out to the streets, like, daily, holding the country hostage on top of COVID, on top of all these other issues that we have. Like, and dozens of countries coming out and doing it too. Um, but I, which is a great point, and I think why this can't stop. You know, people, we can't, we can't um, think that this things are changing. So now, you know, everybody can just sit at sit at home and you know, hope for the best. Like um, I, we we've still seen protesters out today. I hope people are still going to be going out. I know I'm still going to be going out. Um, so yeah. Oh, I wanted to mention though this. Um, I think this is. Don't quote me, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I think this is the first time that I've seen anything that has mentioned like um, making it easier to prosecute police misconduct. And I think that that's really important because not only are, what am I, because we've already have laws saying what police cannot do and they're clearly breaking those laws. <laughs> so having another bill for excessive use of force is a, maybe a bit redundant, but having something where, okay, if you do break this law, there are going to be consequences and we're going to hold you accountable. Um, I think that if more police officers knew that they would have something like that, they would maybe think a little bit harder before they, you know, without their taser on somebody or their gun. Mm -hmm. So this, uh, this paragraph here kind of like explains it. Um, and it goes on to say the legislation um, that Ashley was just talking about, would curtail protections that shield police officers accused of misconduct from being prosecuted and would set restrictions aimed at barring officers from using deadly force except as a last resort. <laughs> Which it should be. Like like it always should have been. Um, yeah. Whatever. Uh, the fate of the measures was far from certain. They were expected passively in the Democratic-led House, but President Trump and Republican lawmakers have yet to signal what measures, if any, they would accept. The legislation under consideration does not con contemplate defunding police departments and falls short of what many protesters have demanded. Um, and so this is typical. Uh, like, honestly, I didn't really expect too much out of the government at this point, at least the federal government, because they are usually the slowest to respond to all these like mass type of actions. They don't really respond to anything that a lot of people, even now during this time, want they fall short, uh, even the Democrats. And I heard, uh, Mitch, uh, not Mitch McConnell, um, Chuck Schumer talking earlier today about oh, how the Democrats are gonna fight like hell for this bill, we won't let it up, and Black Lives Matter and all this shit, but that's all lip service, bro. That's all lip service, you know? <laughs> that That's like bullshit, feeding bullshit to the masses just so they'll uh, vote for um, the Democrats. Um, when yeah. 
And now that I kind of bring that up, I think it's really interesting to note that Joe Biden has opened a wide lead in the nationwide polls on Donald Trump. I think the last poll I saw was 14 plus above Donald Trump. And I think this BLM movement has something to do with it. I think people are seeing Trump's response, um, even using his own like secret police and whatnot and Washington DC police to like clear the path for him to walk over to his the church with his fucking entourage or whatever. And while fucking the citizens are taking bullets to the fucking back and shit, I saw some pictures, it was like crazy. They were like, they got bruises everywhere. Like that same like protest, like from the people that were shooting at them. Absolutely insane. Tear gas too, like that's just wild. Um, here, they also actually talk about um, President, Vice President uh, Joe, Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic nominee, quote saying, he does not believe that pol police should be defunded, uh, a campaign spokesman said on Monday, adding that Mr. Biden, quote, supports the urgent need for reform, end quote, as well as financial support for the community policing program. So once again, like this is the guy that the Democrats are putting as their nominee, and he can't even address the, like what most of the people are gonna vote for him, what they all really want. like. Even COVID is taking a backstep to this. Like, what yeah. you guys need to see so that you put this first and foremost in front of everything right now. Well, and I don't think that it has any. Um, if you go up to when there, he's talk when Trump's. Yeah, I don't think that it, there's any. I, I think that it is not a. There is no. Wow, I cannot talk. There, it is not a coincidence that Biden is saying somewhat the same thing as Trump, right? Literally, because literally. Biden is trying to win over those conservative voters. So, and he says, you know, we won't be defund. This is Trump's words. We won't be defunding our police. We won't be dismantling our police. So, and then w William Barr, the attorney general is like, gung-ho uh, right there with Trump too, saying, you know, no, this is crazy. We're not going to do that. More people would die. The streets would be chaos. Um, and so then, of course, Biden has to say something, and he's not going to say defund our police because he doesn't want to lose those conservative voters. He wants to be safe. Um, Play it safe. Exactly. He wants to say, you know, the safe thing. So I don't know. Um, so is there any other part of this that we wanted to mention as well? Um, I feel like there was more towards the yeah portland that was really cool too um doo -doo 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 -doo, and kind of startling the number it was where is it you're scrolling so fast i can't see oh sorry i'm uh is it portland one of the first no oh okay it's um well, whatever. It's no big deal, honestly. We don't need to read it word for word. Basically, the Portland police, the P Portland school district, are pulling funding for their police—well, not police—school resource officers, which are basically like in-school security police, you know, whatever. And they—that is funded million dollars, which is a startling number. So all that money is actually going to be reinvested into their communities. So that's positive. There we go. Yeah, I think that is positive as well. Um, I that, think that's the biggest thing out of this, right? Is like it's not just defunding the police, but it's re—it's taking that money and putting it where it should be going, right, into these communities that are being affected by this, by police brutality. You know. Yeah, and and that has been historically most important. 
you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so of course, like communities of color, black and brown people, like you even mentioned in your own community in Pilsen that like everyone that gets pulled over is like either black or brown, right? The majority of the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm sure that's the case as it is pretty much everywhere because lo and behold, it's no fucking secret. The police are fucking racist. They're racist fucks that always like uh, have always targeted people based on their color um, mm -hmm. and, and um, shown prejudice in that way. Uh, that's the way they were. Um, the whole institution of the police was conceived. Uh, that's the way it remained. It kind of trickled through this generations, of course. I don't know why they ever thought that was a great idea to use people that used to, uh, used to be in the KKK to uh, patrol and uh, serve and protect our community. Uh, that will never well, make sense, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, and I mean, it, I mean, and we also have to think like, sure, that's where it started, but obviously there's not the exact same people in there, right? This is just a systemic thing. This is something that's a societal issue. People, people in, <laughs> in general are racist. Um, and there's something deep down inside people. And I think that when you get in a situation where that police find themselves on a regular basis, they feel more power over people. And so I think that that little part of racism just comes out in a really big way. Um, and that's why we need better police officers, <laughs> because I think that there are plenty of people out there who really do want to do the right thing and really do want to serve and protect, but you have people who get a little bit of power and something deep inside them comes out that's not so ethical. <laughs> I'm glad you bring that, that kind of issue up because uh, I also had a conversation today with like my, one of my cousins, we were talking about the same issue. He uh, brought up an interesting point to me, how the Stanford experiment, um, like most uh, adult Americans, know and are aware of is an and if you don't i'll kind of do a brief explanation uh, but basically there was an, an experiment that showed the um they wanted to see what happens like the, with the dynamics with putting normal people right under underneath their clothes but just giving them uniforms and a title right so mm -hmm. the guards and the prisoners in this experiment and then they were like told to like be like guards everything like guards and then what happened after a certain amount of time the prisoners started getting treated like shit every single like time they were uh and these guys uh like uh way overdid like their power uh they overstepped their bounds they started treating like them like shit started uh like their ego went through the fucking roof um and thought they thought they could do anything that they want um mm -hmm. it was real like they actually really thought this so uh, even though they were aware of this experiment this is so powerful that they believed uh in like the validity of the experiment so yeah, I think that, well, that kind of translates to human nature in this case, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to bring up before we wrap it up? No, no, I don't think so. Okay. Just that it's clearly working, guys. So keep protesting. Yes, uh, I think it's great that you kind of bring it up as well because um, now that people, now that we're actually starting to see results, uh, like for the movement uh, in support of it. Even at the federal level, to a, to an extent, we need to keep pushing because the res they are responding now that we're standing up and now that we're saying that we that we will be there if they don't uh, if they don't do what we tell them to do, you know, mm -hmm. like that's what we were trying to do all along, right? Like that's what we were always emphasizing is that like 
don't go outside to protest like you being able to go like even be outside with like a, without a mask or whatever. like that was the most bullshit like i i wanted to rip my hairs out every time i saw uh, a group of people standing outside of like a courthouse or like some shit for that but i was so happy so 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 happy that americans decided to take a stand when it came to the, the killing of George Arbery, uh, not George Arbery, wow, I can buy their names. <laughs> uh, George Floyd, my bad. <laughs> George Floyd. And then even the week before, it was like uh, Ahmaud Arbery, we were talking about that. We mm -hmm. made episodes on that. And then there was Breonna Taylor. Like, I mean, the list was on and on. That's a thing. That's the thing. You it's know? not like, funny, but that's what's crazy. You get the names all mixed up because there are literally that many. Uh, but yeah, so you guys get the point. We need to make massive change. We need to push the system. We need to push the people that are in charge of the system, hold them accountable, uh, do everything we can and hold their feet up to the fire when it comes to getting us what we want um, and getting us social justice. No justice, no peace. Right? Absolutely. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in to this episode. We very much appreciate it, Ashley and I. And we will see you on the next episode. Oh, really quick. By the way, uh, follow us on social media. Ashley, what social media do we have that they can follow us on? We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. We have YouTube. We have, uh, well, all the podcast ones as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Anchor Podcast. Oh right my gosh, there's guys. so many. Yeah, right reviews. Oh, and we have articles. Yes. <laughs> well, um, um, and a website. You can listen on there too. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, thanks again, guys, for tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.